At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. Back on the air, 105.9. Had a great time with David Rosane and the Zookeepers. They're heading out right now. Had a great set. Now I'm here with my friend Steve Smith, Lapis Pop. How you doing, Steve? Good, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. So uh, Lapis Pop is the music project. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a psych electronic, it's an amalgamation of many things. Well, what, yes. can, what can you say? What, uh, what, what, what would you call uh, Lapis Pop's music? So yeah, I was kind of going with psych pop for a while. Um, I, you know, I'm never like great with genre. I'm just like, I, I think I know what it is. And then I see people really describing it. And I'm just like, man, all right. I, I'll just call it how I think it yeah, is. Yeah, maybe but it's best we just leave them behind. It's, <laughs> it's electronic music. And <laughs> yeah. I like psych rock. And that's basically what I'm going for. So electronic psych rock is what I settle on generally. Nice. Well, how about we just get right into it with the track then? I think that'd make more sure, sense. Man, yeah. Um, I'll play one from my first release. Um, it's an EP I released about a year ago. And um, this song is called Chao, C-H-A-O, in parentheses, down A. I'll make sure we get the volume right here. Here it comes.
that was chow down a lapis pop we got him in the studio right here steve smith is here steve thank you so much for coming in oh, thanks it's for such having me. it's such a great uh, opportunity to have uh, a diversity of music in this area and we're glad that we have an electronic artist in here because totally under uh, represented on our show we're glad that you're here representing awesome love to represent <laughs> And uh, Steve Smith is your real name. Lapis Pop is your uh, producer uh, performance name. Can you tell us the yeah. origin? Yeah. So um, for those who don't know, there, there's a stone that's called a lapis lazuli. It's, a, it's like a blue stone, a deep blue stone with golden flakes. And um, it's, uh, it was the f original blue pigment that was used by uh, Egyptians and other like early artists. And... Um, I just happened to, to stumble upon it at this like local apothecary kind of new agey place called Sun Moon Stars in okay. my hometown. It was super random type of store for that area. And um, it was like in high school and I went in there and I just found this stone there for sale. And um, it said that it like em embraced um, really close friendships and trust and honesty and I, just was like oh this is cool like i i really like this always like the color blue i'll check it out nice and um you know i made one of those wire wrap necklaces which you know around here it kind of seems like one of those tired things that you see with the you know quote unquote hippie jam crowd or something but yeah. um i i hadn't really seen anyone with one of those and it was just a necklace i wanted to make because i liked lapis so yeah the idea is that it's music that might be the pop music of the universe of Lapis Lazuli, basically. Beautiful. I love that idea. And it certainly sounds otherworldly. And it definitely straddles the lines of many different genres. I mean, I've listened through the the track list today of, uh, you know, of the last two years. And it's, I mean, I, I'm interested to know what artists inspire you to, to make, uh, to inspire you to grow musically. Yeah. So, I mean... There are a lot of bands that I've liked, you know, over the years since I ever started liking music. Like, the first band I ever liked was, like, in fifth grade, uh, Gorillaz. Nice. Like I, I just, I bought um, Demon Days, that album, and it was just, it was funny because, you know, my mom seeing these cartoon characters smoking cigarettes and stuff, and it's just like, what, do, what what's the music you like? But, <laughs> I don't know, something about it resonated with me. Um, got into really into Radiohead they were my favorite bands early awesome. on but that turned more into like Animal Collective um this band Black Moth Super Rainbow which they're not very well known they're, they're out of uh Pittsburgh Pennsylvania um that's kind of the vocoder that you heard in the song that's where that inspiration comes from right I checked them out since you told me about them oh yeah, yeah very cool very cool music yeah. very unique and um yeah nowadays like might not hear the influence so much on that one, but uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, nice. my favorite bands right now. And uh, oh, can't forget the Flaming Lips. Oh, yeah. I, I, could, I could go on, but th that's basically what's been swimming around. Cool. Totally an eclectic mix of uh, music. And speaking of eclectic mix of music, you've got a, certainly a wide variety of music you've made yourself. I mean, uh, maybe it's just me as a music head, but I, see, I hear such a variety throughout. You know what I mean? You're introducing new pieces of electronics. You're, you know, dropping off old things. And I'm sure you still got them somewhere in your apartment. But it's kind of like an evolutionary thing where it keeps on changing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad you uh, I'm glad that's what you think and what you've noticed, because um, I, I just hope that don't sound like I'm doing the same thing over and over. But yeah, I mean, I've been improving my gear repertoire 
as time's gone on. I've been doing this since like 2010, and back then I had um, an, an older sampler, and I was recording stuff on GarageBand, like using the pinhole mic on a Emac with the amp going out, and that's evolved to like you know a USB um, USB audio setup and more samplers and synths and. I've been working on mixing, you know, this whole time, learning stuff here and there and recording stuff on Logic now, so. Yeah, picking up moves as you go. Yeah. But well, would you like to introduce the uh, next track and let us know, uh, you know, when you made it, what it's called, and yeah, anything sure. interesting about it you want to share? So the next one is called um, Chrysocolic, and that's a word I made, this other stone called Chrysocola, which is a green, like, aquamarine stone, um, and gonna admit I don't really remember the exact properties of that stone or what's going on with that but um basically you know I kind of took the word chrysocoa and took alcoholic type thing and mashed it together it's not a song about alcoholism but more about um just a sort of like a sort of indulgence in um kind of relationship, passion, passionate relationship without really thinking about where it's going to go or planning it out without sticking to any particular rule book before taking the dive and just like throwing all of the cards away and being like, I'm just like, like, oh, we're, we're just doing this again. Here we go again. Here we go. Another, <laughs> uh, another unpredictable thing that we're going to go through. Well, we got Lapis Pop in the studio. Next track is Chrysocolic. 105.9 on your dial keep it locked on there
That was Chris Akalik from Lapis Pop. We got him in the studio, the man behind the myth, Steve Smith. Thanks again for coming in and joining us, and thanks for playing these great songs for us. We really appreciate it. Like I said, it's great to have some electronic music on the show. Of course. Thank you again as well. Now, wow. I, I mean, that last song, Chris Akalik, we hear layers and layers and layers of music yeah. and but when i see videos of you playing live you don't have a laptop that you're queuing up track after track on and i'm interested to know how you translate without a computer those like intricate pieces like what does the process look like to get a song from that point to where you can present it live right well um yeah with each song it's different it all uh, depends on how i recorded it like some of them i do you know i lay down the i record the drum track um, from my sampler, which, you know, I have a, it's called a Korg Electribe 2, and you can make drum patterns on it, um, and also add synth layers and stuff like that. And so, a lot of the time I'll just keep layering things, and I'll be like, oh no, like, I don't have enough hands for this when I play live. But how I solve that live sometimes is I have um, some of the tracks or some of the drum tracks just like on my iPod on an MP3 file and um, I'll just press play on that and then do the other stuff I can do live on top of it. Um, I always do singing live but um, yeah some other songs I just have the patterns on my sampler and I just switch between them live or I mute certain things to uh, have that to have the transition parts going well and um, yeah it's it's mostly just me, synthesizer, sampler, and vocals. Nice. And I know that other times, I've talked to you about this before, that other times you bring in other musicians on it. Uh, sometimes you don't have your hands on every switch, though I know you can. Uh, what's, how, do you, how do you collaborate live with electronics? Yeah. Um, you know, I, to be honest, I actually haven't done that too much. Um, I did used to play in a band that, plays around here called Kudu Stooge. Oh, I nice. Used, yeah, I used to um, do synth and sampler with them on some of their songs. But that's the thing. It is pretty tough, especially when um, I'm used to doing my own thing. Yeah. And I'm not like, I don't really do things by a strict music theory sense. I don't usually think of things in terms of key or um, time signatures. So when I work with people who do, it's like oh no like I'm the weakest link <laughs> but um you know I, I I do it by ear and it makes sense to me but yeah if I was gonna collaborate with someone like have them lay down guitar or something and it's one of my tracks usually just feel it out you know hang out at some point and then just figure it out that way um nice. I would I would love to play my music with a live band like a bassist and a drummer but you know it's hard to get people on your schedule and be like hey so you're gonna hang out with me all these days no matter what <laughs> and you better be into it every time you know it's right. it's a lot to ask of people and i just you know i'm a pretty independent person so. yeah well, you're making a great go of it by yourself uh it's it's a sweet thing and i've i've seen some live videos i'd love to see it live sometimes i'm sure uh hopefully before you leave for maine that i'll uh get to hear some of that and um Speaking of Burlington and playing with people in Burlington, uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of punk, there's a lot of indie rock, there's a lot of folk, there's metal, there's post rock, there's a lot of different things uh, coming from young people in Burlington. Uh, how does Burlington react to electronic music in a live setting? Do they do they know what to do with it? Are they excited? Are they? Yeah, you know, it's it's been a very um, varied 
response depending on where I've played and you know people's mood around me but um I think the best response I've got was playing at Half Lounge because usually DJs play there oh, nice. and you know I would I would not call myself a DJ in a million years because <laughs> I'm not Good. playing anyone else's music yeah I I have nothing against DJs it's just I'm not one. you're not a and, DJ <laughs> uh, and so I think I got the best response there because I was just this guy who was singing with some electronic stuff that people no one had heard before and it's just a bunch of people going to this place from like 11 to 1 in the morning yeah. and um like there are these three random uh french business dudes who came to that show and they were just like getting down nice. getting drunk to my music and had no <laughs> idea what's going on but yeah there are a lot of people who just stumbled into that one and had a good time um but then you know i've also played other shows where like a uh, radio bean Wednesday night at midnight in November and there's no one there it's literally me and the bartender and I was just like uh <laughs> you know no one can make this one um but yeah I I think when people have been there to see it they've given me good um feedback but yeah there aren't a lot of people doing it and I think generally in bar scenes on the weekend and stuff people like to go see a group of people playing music playing guitars and stuff okay I, you know, I think yeah. that just seems to be... Maybe it's just because it's what they expect. I mean, yeah. I, I, I personally hope that it's a growing thing because electronic l acts live is something that I see so ra uh, rarely. And I just saw the other day, we had a, a few performers in here, a Big Heavy World for one of our all-ages all shows. Um, Zig Tebra was in here, and uh, Plastic Mammals is a local group that was in here. And they had some uh, synthesizers going. They had some uh, electronic drums with drum pads. And I was like, this is great. I love seeing this. And I'm liking that I'm seeing it more. Yeah, I oh. I haven't seen it not I mean enough. I know there there are plenty of bands here I still haven't heard of and just haven't seen who are probably doing kind of similar stuff. Um, I guess I might just add that I've had this theory that maybe when people are going out to see music some night, it's much more inviting when it's a group of people in a band and it's like oh we're gonna see this cool band let's go support the band. Whereas when it's one person, it's like, let's all go support that guy <laughs> or that that person, you know? So, um, you know, I, I can just understand why it's not more widespread. But again, I think it's, it's can more someone putting their artistic self out there right. as an entity. And it's more for people who want to just go and really listen to the music, not necessarily just go have fun watching a band go for it you know yeah well i mean there certainly could be a market for that in a in a city like this where people are everywhere you go are expressing themselves and are creating yeah, absolutely. Um, what would you like to share next uh, on the air here oh man um how much time do we have left uh oh, man, we got got a, got a few minutes why don't we have uh we'll do another track i'll ask you a few more questions and then we'll send it off with the track awesome okay so i'll play another one that is um from my EP I released last summer and um, this one's a little this one's instrumental actually it's a little less emotionally indulgent okay and it's uh, it's called Coco and Pura all right it's 105.9 we got Lapis Pop live in the studio
We got Lapis Pop in the studio. Another great track from you. I'm wondering how you come up with, uh, how do you go about naming instrumental tracks like that? <laughs> what was the name of that last one? So that that one was called Coco and and Pira. Is it something you hear before? Is it something that comes to you before the song is ever created? Or is it something you hear, listen for in the song? No, this one, um, it's 
entirely because of the tiger. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you ever played the game Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Um, the Crash Bandicoot Warped. There's a level where you're riding the tiger, you're oh. Coco, and you're riding the tiger, and okay. the tiger's name's Pira. So it was originally called Pira, and I was like, I could add Coco in there too. So yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't really have anything more to do with that aside from the tiger sound, but like, I just, you know, I love that game, and I just, yeah. Yeah, Crash I think Bandicoot's it's got awesome. a cool, cool vibe like that, I guess. Yeah, and that, that tiger sample is awesome. It's ferocious man and speaking of ferocious <laughs> there's a ferocious downpour going on if you're driving please uh, be safe don't so don't listen too intently if you're driving <laughs> listen passively sound like some thunder yeah <laughs> speaking of li- i mean that that honestly segues perfectly into another point i saw on your website that you don't you don't necessarily need people to be 100 percent dedicated to listening to your music you say that there's uh what is it that there's uh it's uh it's a certain level of like ambiguity that makes it so that it can be what the listener wants it to be. Is yeah. that is that right? Do you still feel that, that way? That is very right. See, you, you did the homework I want everyone to do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I I like to write music that's meaningful to me for its own reasons, and if anyone else can relate to that sort of thing, then that's great. But it's also cool for the music to um, have a little bit of open-endedness to it, a little ambiguity so that they could come up with their own meaning. Cause I find a lot of the music I like is like that as well. It's not, it's not like a linear, like love song where it's like, Oh, if you've never had this experience, you just don't get it yeah. or like anything. I realize it can be alienating because a lot of the time, you know, you can't hear the lyrics like super well, at least at the first go you might have to look them up but again that's what i like to do that's the type of music i like so it's you know yeah. i think you shouldn't understand a song first listen that's a good like, way to look at it it doesn't yeah. really put too much pressure on the listener i feel no you know what i mean it's not like i don't get it i'm never listening to it again it's like what was that man i gotta go back exactly <laughs> I, I like it to be as much a just a straight sonic experience as much as something that you can just continue to look more and more into and you find more and more things out about it and then it's like oh you have your own meaning that you attributed to it but then there's this whole lore behind it as well yeah there's a little bit of like abstractness to it yeah and a little bit of abstractness in the videos that go with them some, <laughs> some of them too you showed me uh, earlier this week uh, steve and i got a chance to hang out and he showed me some of the videos that go with some of his songs check them out on facebook lapis pop if you want to because man it is some wild stuff and it's not necessarily anything that's telling you how to feel you know what i mean <laughs> it's not saying like follow this story like gotta pay attention gotta like you know what i mean it's got like a that same level of uh kind of ambiguity I, I don't know how to describe them how, how would you describe the videos what what, what, what do you what, why do you like making those videos oh man i just i like to make something that's interesting to look at uh something that you don't really know what you're looking at necessarily <laughs> yeah. um definitely I definitely like to call the visuals heavily psychedelic. I mean, when I'm making them, I'm basically taking found footage and um, just adding a bunch of effects to the images to create some symmetry, um, some like color hue cycles. And it's amazing with uh, just a simple um, video editing software what you can do and just by experimenting with it you can find some 
interesting uh, synchronicities with the music and the video. Um, I, I'm not really trained, I guess, in making videos. I've kind of just learned to do it myself. Um, I did go to Emerson College for a year. Shout out to Emerson. But Shout out to Emerson. I didn't go for <laughs> film, but you know, I was surrounded by film people all the time. So they made me hard on myself for a while about my own video editing. But for my own purposes, you know, I, I got this really cheap video editing software called VideoPad and cool. it does the job. Man, I like your approach to this. I like that it's you don't you're not going by the textbook with the music or the videos and that's I feel like a, I mean this is a judgment just on my part but I feel like that's a part of you getting to this like, unique stage of like music and art like kind of abandoning that like classical like instead of going by the textbook you're like burning the textbook as for warmth <laughs> yeah I mean I find the more I compare myself to a, a standard or to what other people are doing or it, it just like starts to get me down so I just I'm like you know what I'm just gonna do what makes me happy because you know that's what they say you should be doing it yeah. should be fun first and foremost and the minute you stop having fun maybe you should reconsider what's going on though I do like to take it seriously in the point of like okay I'm I'm improving um, this song sounds better than it did yesterday because of what I've been doing to it so you know setting my own standards that are more or less in line with some professional standards, but not definitely not following a textbook. Yeah. I don't like textbooks. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Emerson. <laughs> no, right. really. No, they um, don't like textbooks either. Speaking of being all over the place, I mean, I, I heard you're leaving Vermont soon. Is that right? I am, yeah. It's a it's a very bittersweet thing. In the, in the fall, I'm moving back with my parents in South Burke, Maine, to the, the house in town I grew up in. Um, it's only three and a half hours away, but you know I've I've been in Burlington for like five years now, five, yeah, I think five, and um, it's it's not like I'm still meeting people and like yeah. I'm, like you know I just met you and I'm just like man like I'm leaving but you're also leaving so <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um, no it's too. it's just a thing where I know I need to leave I know I can't keep mostly working the same job and stuff like that it's employment's tough around here ask anyone they'll yeah. tell you that and um i just i'm working on an album and i want to be able to give it my all um and be able to spend most of my time working on music not my very minimal free time yeah. that i balance with friends and going places and you know it's i want to have most of my weekly regimen be music well on that note, you think we can get a taste of the new music? Yeah. You got uh, anything we can we can I, check out before you go? I do. You know, I have a track that I think is um, in very good shape. I it probably won't change too much from this. Um, it is called Lazuli, so I'm taking the second part of Lapis Lazuli on this one. It's, the album is going to be called Codex Lazuli. I can't tell you when it's coming out, but all right. here is Lazuli. I'll tell you that I'm looking forward to it. It's 105.9 The Radiator, Rocket Shop, Local Music Radio Hour. We've been here with Lapis Pop. We've had a great night. Thank you so much for coming into the studio. We're going to send it off on this one on this rainy night. If you're driving home, please get home safe. If you're listening in on YouTube, uh, don't go outside because <laughs> wow. it's raining like crazy. <laughs> Thanks again, man.
<laughs> Sorry about that. We've been here with Lapis Pop. Thank you so much for joining us in the studio. Yeah, thanks for having me again. I was really fun. I extremely appreciate it. I just want to let everybody know you can check out BigHeavyWorld.com for the podcast. Check out our Facebook, Big Heavy World, our YouTube at Big Heavy World. You can see all these videos and all the great uh, rocket shops to come. Tune in next week, same time, same place for the same show with some more great local Vermont music. Steve, thanks one more time. We appreciate you coming in. Have a good one.